Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, fellow gamers. Welcome to Hell A, where the Walking Dead have been set loose and the whole city's on lockdown. Today, we are going to be deep diving one of the longest waited for sequels, Dead Island 2. I am your host, and joining me, he's just one of the Blue Crab Boys. He just wants to enjoy some decent food in the solitude of his restaurant. It's Josh. I feel like that's where I would want to hole up, man, is in a really good <laughs> ultra clean restaurant for sure. You know, for all the, the stuff that's going on outside and just eat some crab legs. They're very chill, very laid yeah. back. It kind of seemed like your vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't want to be the one guy, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other than the one, yeah. Other than the one blue crab boy. All right, so today we are deep diving Dead Island 2. I know our listeners might be a little confused because we have our regular schedule. We always go back and forth on Mondays between deep dives and bonus rounds. We just had a deep dive last week. We should be due for a bonus round, but Josh, what happened? Is is this where you're going to make fun of me again, Paul? Is this I played the whole game in 2 days, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you you beat this whole game in 2 days and I thought I better beat this quick that way Josh doesn't completely forget everything in this game. And then we both finished it so quick. So we're like, all right, we'll get this one out sooner than later. So instead of waiting a whole extra week, why not just do it today? Yeah, we uh, in all you know to in all seriousness, getting a game review out as soon as possible is definitely beneficial to the listeners. We try to do that. We also always make sure we put in enough play time in a game to be able to talk about it and actually give a recommendation on it as well. Um, in this case, we both beat it fairly quickly and we went, you know what? Let's get this review out there so people can make a decision on whether they want to play this game or buy this game or not. So that's why you're getting, you're getting back to back deep dives. And not going to lie, we both wanted to start Star Wars Jedi Survivors. So there was a Paul, little bit of a motivation Paul, there. I was too. trying to sound like we were doing this for the listeners, Paul. It's win win. It's yeah, for both. Yes, there we go. <laughs> All right. Before we start that deep dive, Josh, can you tell the people a little bit about why they might want to consider supporting us on Patreon? Uh, because this show is listener funded. If you love the podcast and you want it to keep going, we do need your support. These games get expensive. We put a lot of time and effort into the podcast. Um, you know, we love doing it, but honestly, this show is a hundred percent listener funded. So, uh, you know, if, if you like what you hear, if you've been a listener for a long time, uh, we really could use your support. It, you, you can sign up for as little as $5 a month. That's not a day. That's a month. Um, so it's super cheap to be able to help this podcast continue on. You can do that over at MultiplayerSquad.com. Now, on top of being an awesome person and bringing podcast joy to the rest of the world, we also say, hey, thanks, man. And we give you two fantastic bonus episodes every month. You get early access, so episodes a day early. You get ad-free episodes. So if you hate hitting that 30-second skip button, you don't have to do that anymore. You get a cool recognition in our Discord server with like special privileges and, and, and name colors and all that stuff. And on top of all that, we will shout you out on an episode when you join. We sure will. And we also want to thank our current legendary supporters, Gaius214 and Red Letter, along with Epic supporters Ace of Shame, Kasmon, Yoda, Papa Thunderfist, Romelia, Master Wayne01, 
And last but certainly not least, Michael the Butler. Yeah! So, along with the slew of rare supporters as well. But we always like to give occasional shout-outs to Legendary and Epic. All right, I think we're good to go, Josh. Let's pick up those bulldozer baseball bats and start swinging for the fences. Felt wrong not to swing. Because it's time to deep dive Dead Island 2. Here's a description of the game from GameStop.com, because this one's not on Steam. (laughs) The much-loved zombie saga is back. Dead Island 2 is a unique formula of horror, dark humor, and over-the-top zombie slaying spanning an epic pulp adventure. This thrilling first-person action RPG takes players across a brand new playground, a hellish vision of L.A., or Hell-A, as we like to call it. Dead Island 2 is stylish, vibrant, and flooded with zombie infection. Explore iconic, gore-trenched L.A., meet larger-than-life characters, and slay countless foes in exquisitely bloody detail and evolve to become the ultimate zombie slayer. All right, now in this episode, we are going to avoid all major story spoilers, but we are going to talk about weapons and abilities, things that unlock over the course of the game. I don't think anything that we're going to talk about would spoil the experience for anyone, but at the same time, we won't divulge you know, any twists or turns or conclusions to the main story, and that way everyone kind of knows what to expect. All right, so without going into any detail on story here, basically when the game starts, you get to pick one of six playable characters. There is a zombie outbreak around LA. You're fighting for survival. The plot is really nothing all that creative. In fact, if you've ever seen a zombie movie or played any zombie game, you can probably guess the plot from beginning to end. It plays on a lot of the same tropes that you see in other zombie IP but uh, Josh, for people who are maybe new to the Dead Island series of games, how would you describe the mood and the atmosphere? What does it feel like to play Dead Island? Um, well, first of all, that's me because I never played Dead Island 1. Um, so <laughs> I would, I had no idea what to expect on this, man. I The atmosphere of this game I would describe as like happy horror. which is weird it's like Like, the collapse of society but it's weirdly positive and optimistic the whole way yes i was gonna say like either sunshiny horror happy horror or like comedy (laughs) horror if you're trying to mix like genres i like sunshine horror that that, that's a term we should coin okay well that's what i'm calling it then because i that is legitimately the best way i can describe this game Dude, that's so funny. I don't know if the different characters play differently because I only played as Carla, but this entire game, it does not matter what gruesome deaths are happening around her or how bleak things look. She is the most positive person I've ever known in a video game. She's actually enjoying and reveling in killing zombies the whole way. I mean, this game is just, hey, it's fun to bash zombies. Let's just do it for the next 20 hours, and it's going to be an absolute blast. And that's really basically what it is. I mean, it's even filled with like parody of zombie movies and stuff. There's like this whole running joke where instead of the Oscars, they have the Romeros, which is a nod to George Romero, who is the father of zombie films. So it's very meta. It really just celebrates all things zombies. And and it's in not a dark way, like Resident Evil is always much more like dark and oppressing and things like that. This is just, let's just have fun killing zombies. It it is the most optimistic zombie game, like that I think I've ever seen. To be honest, like you're <laughs> right, like and, and we play different characters, but my character was exactly the same way, and I was almost like, I'd like to think this is how I would approach the zombie apocalypse. It'd be like, <laughs> guys, guys, it's gonna be fine. We'll just go out and slaughter a few thousand zombies. We'll have a good time. We'll hit the beach. It'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) So in an interview with gamesindustry.biz, the game director, whose name is David Stenton, he was asked, you know, there are so many zombie games out there. How is this going to stand apart from things like the Resident Evil series, the Last of Us series? And this is what he said. I am a massive fan of those other franchises. There is room for that kind of narrative and that kind of heavy-hitting take on things. But likewise, sometimes you just want to sit down and watch a Saturday night blockbuster and go on a roller coaster ride through amazing locations and meet really fun, interesting people and kill zombies with awesome weapons. And I think that's exactly what they delivered. I think that's what they delivered for sure. (laughs) 
All right, so here's a little bit of context about the history of Dead Island. The very first entry was announced in 2006. It got delayed a couple of times from 2008 all the way back to 2011. That game does actually take place on an island, in case anyone's curious, now that we are no longer on an island in Dead Island 2. Uh, I did play the first entry on Xbox 360. I remember there being a ton of hype. I remember um, the game being a great idea, but I remember feeling a little disappointed in, in how it ran. They also released a standalone expansion called Riptide in 2013, which I never played. And then Dead Island 2 was announced in 2014 as an eight-player cooperative multiplayer game, and it was supposed to release in 2015. And all of a sudden now, with several delays and also multiple switching of developing teams, we now have the game nine years after announcement. And normally when you see a game delayed for nine years, you would expect the game to be an absolute mess. Did this game feel to you like it was stuck in development hell for almost a decade? Or did it feel like just a normal average game? I, it felt like a normal game to me, man. I, I legitimately, we, you know, we're, we were aware of the development issues on this game. I mean, there was a bunch of articles and stories that covered that. And I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, we covered the flesh system, which we'll get into here in a little bit and stuff like that. But, you know, there was this almost like cloud over this game before it released where people were like, this game's been in development hell for for so long. There's no way that it's going to come out and be cohesive or coherent. It's going to be buggy. It's going to be a mess. And I'll be honest, man, I didn't I didn't get any of that. Like I'm honestly either. more shocked to hear that they announced it in 2014 and were <laughs> aiming for a 2015 release. Like who does yeah. that? Like <laughs> you're gonna re- you're gonna announce a game and release it like one year later. Like come on, man, that's. <laughs> it just doesn't happen anymore. You got to give us that five years of hype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting because sometimes you'll watch a movie or play a game and you can tell like, oh, these are completely different people who wrote this part or that part. And it feels almost stitched together or trying to make this Frankenstein's monster cohesive. And it's really not. I guess when I was reading some of the research about the development here, they basically scrapped everything in 2018. They said, we don't care. All the work done before, we're starting from the ground up, and I guess Dambuster is the studio that actually finalized this game. They basically said, hey, we love the idea that it's set in California, but we're going to start brand, brand new from zero. And I thought that the game felt very cohesive, and from a technical standpoint, I don't know about you, Josh, this game ran nearly flawlessly for me. I, I had one little tiny bug in one area, but other than that one thing, it ran perfectly fine for me. It ran really well for me, too. Um, that is one thing that is sadly a breath of fresh air nowadays. Yeah. Um, because... Take notes, Star Wars Jedi yeah, Survivor. I mean, yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> you know, you and I have both uh, dipped our toes in a Jedi Survivor, and there definitely are some performance issues with that game um, going on. Now, thankfully, they're not game-breaking for me, at least, but I know there's a lot of people out there that are having a big issue with Jedi Survivor right now. So with Dead Island 2, it's nice because uh, we're almost to the point where we kind of expect hitching, stuttering, dropped frame rates, uh, crashing, you know, all this stuff. And I'll be honest, man, I can't think of a time where if I, if if I ran into a bug or I ran into an issue, it was so minor that I honestly can't remember it at this point. So yeah. for me, this is one of the more technically sound games that I've played in a while. Which really surprised me because I was really worried if they're taking, you know, like 14 years of code and putting it all together, there's no way it's going to run well. Um, but yeah, this is a quality product. I was very pleasantly surprised. All right, let's get into what everyone cares about most with Dead Island 2. Let's talk about combat. And I think this is going to be a little lengthier than we normally talk about combat because it's just like the sole focus of this game. I do have uh, one last quote here from David Stenton. I think this kind of sets the stage of what what was like the philosophy behind Dead Island. Dead Island 2 is all about those what-if conversations in the pub. Like, what weapon would you use in a zombie apocalypse? I'd use a garden rake or wolverine claws or sledgehammers. It's all about reveling in the obliteration and slaying of zombies in the most bloody and spectacular ways. It's like that homage to 80s horror movies. It's so disgusting that you almost burst out laughing by the end of it. All right, so in this game, 
a lot of the combat does revolve around wild weaponry. <laughs> in the beginning, you only have access to melee weapons. So there's things like golf clubs, baseball bats, cleavers, katanas, you know, stuff like that. They're all divided into four categories, which I thought was kind of interesting. They basically divide into maiming, which helps cut off individual limbs, frenzy, which has high attack speed, bulldozer, which are heavy attacks with force that push back enemies, and headhunter, which gives boosts when targeting zombie heads. I thought this was kind of a neat wrinkle to melee weapons. What'd you think? It's funny because I didn't even notice that there were different classes of weapons until I was like three hours into this game. Now, that's not to say that a baseball bat you know, felt different than a a knife. Like, yes, they felt different. But at one point I was looking at a weapon that I had found and I'm like, what is this frenzy thing? Like what? (laughs) Frenzy. Wait, is, is that, is that like specific to this weapon? Is it specific to my character? So you could tell I was just going around slaughtering zombies all willy nilly before I kind of went, what, what does this mean? And that's when I was like, oh, okay. And I started to pay attention at that point. And then I realized like, oh, I I actually do care about this. So, you know, some of the, like these different classifications of weapons, you kind of touched on it, but some are fast. Um, They don't hit like a truck, but you feel like you're just like, chop suey and everything man you know yeah. like i'm a i'm a chef at the uh, uh hibachi place you know just yeah. other others were like this like a sledgehammer like i knew a sledgehammer was gonna feel impactful and sure enough it did and i crushed these zombies and they kind of stagger back and stuff like that um i actually found that i enjoyed the the different styles of weapons so much so that in my loadouts, my active weapons that I kept, I kept one of each type of weapon. And Mm -hmm. I never thought that it would be like that important to me, but the fact that they just gave a fresh feeling to combat worked like, and it worked the whole time. Sometimes I just wanted to clobber something with the baseball bat, you know? And then other times it's like, dude, I just wanted to get in the fray and just punch as fast as I could with my Wolverine claws and just, you know, start dicing everything, man. Like I found it to be really enjoyable. <laughs> I did too. I thought it was really fun. And even in the beginning when all you have are the 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 melee weapons, it was still fun to swap between them all because in my mind I was like, well, I have a sword, why on earth would I use a baseball bat or like a cleaver? And in the beginning, I was just rolling with like what I thought would be the best weapon during a real zombie apocalypse. And pretty soon I realized Zombies don't feel any pain. I can swipe at them with a sword and they're still hitting me. And I realized that I was dying and I was like, I think I'm dying more than I'm supposed to. And I was completely disregarding the bulldozer weapons because they just seemed boring. But I, then I realized, oh, I can have 10 zombies. I can just do a heavy swing and it's going to knock seven of them to the ground. Okay. This is actually how I'm supposed to play. You use the different class weapons for different situations. It adds a little bit of an extra wrinkle. And by the end of the game, I actually liked the bulldoze weapons the most. And yeah, there's just a little bit of situational awareness. You got to swap back and forth. I, I swapped specifically towards the end of the game between two weapons. One was a baseball bat that I got like a legendary baseball bat. Mm -hmm. And that's a bulldozer weapon. And I put, We'll get into like how you can modify the weapons here in a minute, but I had put a modification on there, but it was so great for just crowd control, like you said, for yeah. just smashing like three or four zombies at a time, staggering them, and then beating them over the head with this bat. The other one was a pair of Wolverine claws. Now, these are not super, <laughs> super long. like They're more they're like short. spiked knuckles almost. Um, and then I had put a... Um, like a caustic ability on those so that I was just li- literally melting everything. <laughs> but it was just in the fray, just, you know, punching real fast and just watching parts of zombies fly and stuff too. So those were my two, like, that I wound up relying on the most as far as melee weapons go. Uh, gotcha. All right. So I, I know that you already mentioned, you know, that, that we've talked about the flesh system before, but in case this is the first time someone's heard us talk about it, Dead Island 2 is made in Unreal Engine 4. By the way, it's beautiful. It may it's not be... It's a really good-looking game. That yeah. caught me off guard at how good this game actually looked. I was not expecting that. Yeah, it's not UE 5.1 type stuff, but it's gorgeous. But they have what they have designated the Flesh System, which is an acronym for Fully Locational Evisceration System for Humanoids. I'm pretty sure they started with Flesh and said, we have to make this yeah. work. 
<laughs> you know, I think yeah, I was gonna, there's no yeah. way that they came up with that. They were, Guys, what are the chances that it spells flesh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Josh, can you explain a little bit about how the flesh system works? The flesh system is awesome, by the way. <laughs> this system never got old. Now, there are times in the game where it was just chaotic and I'm busy just wading through zombies. That uh, there, there are times that it kind of takes a backseat occasionally. But, dude, this is what makes slaying hundreds upon thousands of zombies entertaining for the entire time in this game. The way the flesh system works is it actually registers the type of weapon that you use and where you hit a zombie. And so if you hit a zombie with a baseball bat in its head, its head will cave in, like as if a blunt force trauma. If you hit a zombie in the arm with a katana, you're going to chop its arm off. Yeah. And then there's a little arm bone sticking out. If you chop a zombie in the belly with a cleaver, its intestines are coming out. Like this, <laughs> it's, it's a, like a legit, like biological, accurate system to where it's like if i hit something in the leg guess what zombie's gonna topple over if i use a sharp weapon it will cut through parts of the body if i use a blunt weapon it will crush parts of the body it's it's really i i actually really enjoyed this even though they tried to make it like the forefront of at least one of the aspects of the game Mm -hmm. it wasn't always there for me but when you pay attention and you actually want to like try it it works really well and it's super gnarly. So there's like yes. arterial spray everywhere <laughs> oh, yeah. in this game. This, I, I I wanted to ask you, Josh, is this the most graphic violence you've seen in a game? Oh, for sure. I think like, it probably and, is. And the flesh system is what <laughs> makes it that way. I mean, let's be honest. We've all played first-person shooters, you know, uh, melee combat games. I mean, I've seen my fair share of you know, limbs flying off and heads flying off and stuff like that. The flesh system takes this to another level. The goofy thing is, and this is the crazy part, is because of the sunny atmosphere of this game and the weird optimism of the characters and everything, I like I don't consider this a dark game. No. Even though even though zombie like I can't tell you how many jaws I straight up knocked <laughs> off of a zombie while I was hitting it and just watched yeah. its jaw hanging by a piece of skin or something and just giggled which sounds terrible but at the same time like it's just this really weird mix of like just this sunny optimism for for a game where it's just like I wouldn't consider it dark. I wouldn't either. And even though it's incredibly graphic, I was going to say almost exactly the same thing. It's not disturbing because, first of all, they're zombies. So you don't feel bad about hacking them to bits. They're already dead. But it's it's so over the top. It's almost a bit like old Mortal Kombat or like the Kill Bill movies. It's yeah. not disturbing like where you hack a guy's arm off and he's screaming. It's nothing at all like that. It just realistically acts like what it would be like to fight the zombies and it does like up the ante a little bit with the combat i found it to be a ton of fun and even as we start going into some of the specific mods and how those things also affect zombie bodies it's really interesting but there are layers to all the zombies you can fight your way through their clothing then the skin then the bones so it's like you you procedurally break these zombies down and even after you kill one, if you want, you can keep hacking away at it if you want to learn some uh, human anatomy along the way. But yeah, it, it's it's very, very interesting. All right. Well, it's time for our first break. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, Josh, continuing our conversation here around the combat of Dead Island 2, I think everything we talked about already sounds so cool. I feel like you could just stop there and it would already be a pretty interesting game. But let's talk about weapon mods, which really takes things up a notch. So basically, you can find common, uncommon, rare, epic, and legendary levels of weapons. Nothing new there. But you can access workbenches and customize your weapons to have different effects 
that will impact the zombies and the environment around you. Now, some of the weapon mods are pretty ho-hum. It's just like increased physical damage. All right, that's not all that fun to talk about. There's a couple things like that, or like adding a bleed effect if you hit a zombie, stuff like that. What I think is really interesting are the elemental effects. Yes. So they break down into three, and this is what I did all my mods. I mean, all my mods, I'm, I'm leaning into the elements. You can have the cremator mod, which is fire, electrocutor, which is electricity, and liquidator, which is caustic. Uh, which of these do you want to talk about first, Josh? Dude, we got to talk about the caustic one first. Okay, I, this is the best I, one. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> these are these are the coolest videos you can go look up on YouTube or on TikTok. Dude, I I, I think electricity is the first one you get, right? So it's like, okay, cool, like yay, elemental stuff. And this game really does let you interact. Like, it, there's plenty of opportunity to use elements in in various ways. You can almost set up like traps and stuff like 100%. that to take advantage of them. So understand that, like, even though we're talking about what the weapon does to the zombies, this game really wants you to experiment a little bit with, like, setting up large traps and things like that. So the best of the best, in my opinion, is this caustic ability that you get. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's poison. The game introduces you to this caustic element in a cool, like, level. I actually kind of go into some detail with it. But ultimately, you wind up being able to put this on your weapons. Now, first of all, when we talk about modding weapons, one of the coolest things to me is the fact that the actual visuals of your weapon change. Absolutely. And I thought this was such a good touch in a game to say, listen, if I put fire on my weapon, there are now little flame jets that are pointing towards the blade and heating up the edge of the blade. Like a blowtorch, like right, duct tape yeah. to your cleaver yes. or axe or whatever. Yeah. And then now the blade is just glowing red. It's you so know, cool. electricity, same way. You got you can see like a battery pack strapped yeah. onto the handle now <laughs> with like little prongs and stuff. Like it's just really neat. And it's different for every weapon, too. Like if you put if you put fire on a pitchfork, like that looks different than if you put fire on your baseball bat. Yep. You know, and I thought like this is a really neat uh way that they've done this for the visuals, but dude, the caustic it just it melts zombies. And literally. when I say it melts zombies, it literally melts them. You hit them enough times to put the status effect on there, 10 seconds later, their skin is melted off and it's a blobby, hideous mess, like walking at you still. <laughs> the first time I used that and I saw the effect, I literally went, wait, what? It did like, and then I did it again and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and now you're hitting an entire mob of zombies applying the effect. And over the course, it's very fast. It only takes yeah. a couple seconds, but you see literally the clothes melt, the skin melts, and now it's a pile of bones. And it's so satisfying to see that happen. It's the funniest thing that I can remember seeing a game in years. The beauty of it, too, is it works on bosses and stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like they, it's, I mean, it's, it's slower because they have bigger boss. health. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, it's not killing them, but you still see their skin melt. So now you're fighting this boss that's like this half-melted blob. He's still <laughs> almost full full health, but it's like he looks like you threw acid on him. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, these these effects are really, really cool. They do it for the fire. They do it for the electricity. They look different. Like, I can tell, like, oh, this guy's been charred from electricity or this guy's been burned by fire. It's I I loved it, man. It really made the effects and what you were doing to these zombies stand out. Yeah, you get some extra crispy zombies walking yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, so like this game, the environment, I mean, it is a little over the top. They're intentionally throwing environments that are very easy to set traps, but there might be pools of water. There might be cables that are attached to power but they've been cut i mean this game even dives into some stuff like you can play it co-op when you and i first hopped in josh there's like one mission where you have to complete a circuit but the cable's been cut so all you do is you get a water jug and pour it and then it completes the circuit so it's like they throw stuff like that in the environment but you can also use it to attack zombies where Maybe I get the attention of this horde, which, by the way, you can do with your physical voice. You can yell at the zombies. They start coming towards you. I run past, but now I just pour a bucket of water on this cut cable. And as all of those, all the zombies walk through it, they get hit with electricity. Now they're taking damage over time. But then you can also do things like lighting uh, fuel on fire, which then connects to a giant barrel of oil, and it's going to explode. 
And so it's so fun to just get a little creative. You can almost have like your little, what are they called? Rube Goldberg machines that just end up destroying these zombies. And you can have them be these pretty neat combinations where they take electricity damage, then the oil explodes, and then you might just have to mop up a little bit of the mess. But this adds such a cool layer to the combat. I I can't explain how much fun it is. The visuals really made it stand out. I mean, I... I giggled when the first time I melted a zombie. The first time you get the electricity and a zombie is like shocking in a pool and then you kill him (laughs) and then you look and it's like he's a charred like electrical mess at that point, you know, like, (laughs) and and I know it sounds crazy because you're like, well, how many different ways can you kill a zombie? A lot. You'd be shot. Yeah. You, you, oh, great pun, Paul. (laughs) Thank you. And, and and it really does matter. Like, that's the crazy thing to me because normally, like, we're not cosmetic guys. You know, we don't care about the way my character looks and stuff like that. But in a game like this, where it's all about killing zombies and how you do it, and like the decisions on, like, I want to kill these zombies this way. I want to kill these zombies that way. I want to set up this trap and see if I can't blow up this tanker truck that's next to the zombies and see if that works. Like, it's that is the playground that you're given. And so it's like you get to play with all of these toys to do it that way. And it's fun. Yeah. And there's some other clever stuff, like some of the zombies are firefighters turned into zombies, but they're still wearing fire resistant suits. So guess what? You yep. hit them with fire, they're completely resistant to it. So they they do throw stuff like that at you as well. So you can't just roll through the whole game doing nothing but caustic damage. You're going to have certain enemies that are resistant to it. Um, so in the beginning, you get your melee weapons. You start unlocking these mods. Then you finally unlock range weapons, which can be modded with all the exact same effects. So you can have electrified bullets or caustic bullets in these different weapons you are able to get access to pistols shotguns rifles nail guns and smgs similar to melee they also have their own categories there are demolition weapons which increase your toughness when you reload tactical weapons which boost agility and reload speed sharpshooters which give bonuses to headshots and limb shots and rapid fire weapons, which trigger stackable crits and boost accuracy. How'd you feel about the gunplay in Dead Island? I really liked having the mix. That is the best thing to me, is even when I got weapons, right? So you you think, hey, you're going to start off with a baseball bat and a cleaver, but once you get shotguns and rifles, you're not going back to those. Oh, yes, you are. Like, honestly, and it's not that ammo is super limited or anything. It's just like the situation calls for it, or I just want to get up close and personal. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that there were ranged weapons. I did, I figured there would be, but again, I never played Dead Island One. So, and they give you such a plethora of melee weapons that it was like, well, is this all this is going to be? And then you start getting the guns, and it's like they just, they were. they were great. Honestly, like I enjoyed them. They were situational at times. Like there was, Obviously, some fights where it's like, I'm not meleeing my way through this fight. I have to use a mix of like ranged weapons and stuff like that. But I found them to be very satisfying. Um, like for me, I actually preferred the melee in this game, mm-hmm. but the ability to have the guns really made it even, it just added another layer to the cake for me. Yeah, the gunplay's fine. It's not Destiny 2 or Halo gunplay. Uh, I generally did melee if I could. And I would reserve all of my ammo until I got kill them all. Because, yeah. by the way, is there any better quest in any game other than kill them all? And you get that maybe, I don't know, like 12, 13 times over the course of this game. And that just means you're getting a zombie horde and there's going to be a lot of killing. And that's when I would start yes. busting out my ranged weapons. Yep, I was the ex- same way. There was a couple times where it's like, I need to pick somebody off from afar or something like that. Or maybe there's like a, a more dangerous zombie that you need to take out, like yeah. the Screamers, for instance. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I got to take this Screamer out from a distance and stuff too. But the game does a good job of making sure that you don't fall into one weapon or one style for the entire game like it does mix it up like you said there are zombies that are immune to certain damages and things like that so it's like oh i gotta pull out a different weapon now or i can't let this guy get close to me so i have to take them out from a distance and stuff too so i felt like they did a good job of making sure that you didn't get too routine 
Yeah. They also give you throwables, which in this game they call curveballs, which, which is kind of really a funny weird name. to me because I had no idea. You know me. I always do my keybinds in the beginning before I ever even play the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What the heck is a curveball, man? Like, am I, is this like, I'm pretty sure I'm getting a baseball bat. So am I yeah. like hitting baseballs at zombies now? Like, what am I, what am I doing with this? For a game full of baseball bats and curveballs. Yeah. There is zero actual baseball in this game. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they, they basically allow you to equip two curveballs at any time and it's just a different throwable that you unlock over the course of the game uh we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it but were there any curveballs in particular that you thought were kind of interesting i actually liked to cycle through them i i made myself kind of go with what i thought the game wanted to do which was very up your combat yeah. right and so i would make myself change my curveballs from time to time my favorite one was Ultimately, you get one where it's zombie bait, which all the zombies go to, but then it's a time bomb. Uh huh. So you would throw it, <laughs> all of the zombies would rush over to it, and then like six seconds later, it would explode. And I just thought that was the best thing ever. And number one, it's great for crowd control when you are fighting that horde. And then number two, if you can get a bunch of zombies together, then you can do some fun things with some of the environmental stuff and everything else too. So I, that, that to me was the best curveball. It's literally a bag that you chuck and it's full of blood and guts and it, it just, yeah. it just explodes everywhere and all the zombies run in it. So it's also really fun to look at. The one that I didn't use a lot, but I thought was really interesting was the chem bomb. So the chem bomb extinguishes flames and oh, sometimes that one was handy. That was handy. Sometimes you just, instead of waiting for a fire to burn out or until like timing something for flames to leave, I would just put on the chem bomb, throw it. It would extinguish flames and then I could move forward. So I thought that was kind of neat in certain areas. Um, there's so much more about combat. I mean, we don't have time to cover everything. There's a card system that customizes your loadout. There are new abilities and even ultimates that you unlock over the course of the game that keeps things fresh. I felt like they did a very good job keeping the game interesting as far as pacing goes. It was almost like as soon as I started getting a little bored of melee, well, here come the guns. Okay, now I'm getting a little bored of that. Well, here comes fury mode. You know, all these things that unlock over the course of the game. I really appreciated that progression. I never felt like the game stalled. I didn't either, to be honest. And the game does a good job of throwing new zombies at you as well, which I thought yeah. was really cool. You know, and so there are, you know, there is a variety of zombies, but the game does a good job of not throwing all of them at you too soon. Um, now, there, I mean, there is a limited number of zombie types, so you are going to encounter them. But along with the weapon progression, the combat progression, the cards, I really enjoyed the fact that it's like, oh, here's a new zombie type. Oh, okay. And then you get stronger zombie types of that type sometimes as well. Oh, now you've got zombies that are immune to other things. It really just does a good job of keeping things fresh in that regard through the whole game. Totally agree. So how did you feel about the game's difficulty? I found it to be right on the money. To be honest with you, I died a lot. Um, I did and too. That was one of, and that was one of the things where I almost wondered, like, am I playing wrong? Like, why does this keep <laughs> happening? But it, it was great. The, like you said, the kill them all. When that flashes up on screen, man, I would just, the hair on my arm would raise up and I would just smile because it's like, I am in for a great time right now. And I would die. And the, the, the one caveat to that is, is like, you got to start all over. Like, so if you were down to the last zombie in this horde of 40 zombies and you die, it's not like the game just remembers, oh, you only have one guy left to kill. Like, you have to redo the whole kill them all again. Mm -hmm. And I like that because you, I mean, everybody knows I love a good challenge. And so I, for me, I thought the difficulty level was spot on in that regard because if I was dumb and I waited in too far or I overstretched or I, I, you know, I didn't keep a wall to my back or something like that. I would get jacked up, man. You know, a big there's big zombies that can knock you to the ground, and then now you're getting surrounded by things and stuff like that. So I found it to be a very good level of difficulty for me. Especially since we just did the deep dive of Resident Evil 4. Like, I died 10 times more in Dead Island 2 than I did Resident yeah. Evil 4, and I was surprised at that. I thought for sure Dead Island 2 would be a much easier game, um, but it, it wasn't. So... Let's talk a little bit about the open world and the loot system. And as much as we've already praised this game up to this point, 
in a weird way, this was kind of my favorite thing. So this game does such a neat job of giving you certain buildings or certain safes or certain doors that you can't access. And it tells you something like you need a certain type of key or you need a fire or a a police officer's swipe card or something like that. And then you have to go hunt for those items and gain access. Or it could be that there's some kind of magnetic lock, but I can look through this window and I can chuck a shuriken through the window. And if I destroy it, now the door pops open. And there's a lot of neat little mini puzzles that you can 100% ignore. You don't have to engage in any of this. But I thought it was some of the really neat stuff that filled in the open world. It gave you a reason to look around. And honestly, this because the environments in this game are really nice, the graphics are beautiful. So because the environments are really nice, there's these neat buildings, there's these little corners. I found that that little stuff is what got me to just stop slaughtering zombies and look around the world and appreciate it a little bit. And it is fun. None of these puzzles are hard, by the way. Like you said, no. these are very, very simple. But it's just like... It's almost like catching your breath for a second. Like there's zombies that are behind me, but I haven't alerted them. So as long as I don't start shooting, you know, or making a ton of noise, like they don't know that I'm here. So let me figure out how to get into this guard shack because there's a treasure chest in there and I really want to see what's in that treasure chest. And I loved that it would just, it would give you a chance to breathe and look around a little bit. And usually the rewards were worthwhile. I mean, not always, but. You know, this this is a game about loot too. So it's like, oh, I I found how how to get into this little guard shack, open up a treasure chest. Oh, and I got a rare item. Oh, it's Wolverine claws. That's one of my favorite <laughs> weapons. Yes, you know, or something like that, or a new with like blueprints, which allow you to add the elemental effects to your weapons and things like that, and some customization stuff as well. So I. Even though they're simple in premise, and most people probably wouldn't think twice about them, I really felt like this was like the little bit of crunch that they add, like on top of sushi or something, right? Like by itself, <laughs> you'd go, I don't want that, right? But it's like that, it just it adds that little touch that really helps to kind of accentuate everything else. The toasted breadcrumbs on top yeah. of the macaroni and cheese, right, yeah, something exactly, like that, right? Yeah. Like you like nobody's gonna be like, give me just plain breadcrumbs. That's what I want. But when you're eating the mac and cheese and it's on there, you're like, kind of like these breadcrumbs, man. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw the police station. I was like, I'm getting into that police station. Oh, yeah. And so I start running around. It's like, all right, you need a swipe card. And okay, well, it's surrounded by cops. So now I'm slaughtering all these cop zombies and I get into the first door, which is the lobby. But now it has a magnetic lock. So I, I can look, I can see these pipes and I chase them all down and I destroy all the power sources. And now I get into the next area and then I have to find a key to the door. But like all that stuff was like fun and interesting. And I knew I was going to get something out of it. And then finally, I get into the very middle of the station, and I get to loot a ton of ammo and a bunch of weapons. But even still, there's a little separate safe that is labeled with some guy's name. I don't remember his name. It's like Officer Johnson's safe. Well, guess what? You go running down the beach. You can find Officer Johnson. He's labeled. And if you kill him and take him out, now you have the key. You go all the way back, and there's a special legendary nightstick. So the fact that little puzzles like this are in the game, it also adds some replay value. Uh, I, I, I have read that the game's very easy to platinum. So if you're looking as like a trophy hunter, I think this is one that's like a lot of fun to knock out all those little puzzles and, and, you know, unlock all this kind of stuff. All right. Last thing until we, uh, hit our last, our, our last break here. I did read a couple reviews and I watched a couple videos after playing the game. And I feel like this is sometimes when critical reviews can kind of go wrong because I'm seeing a lot of like the game was good. It's not great, but it's not bad. And a lot of them were getting into like technical elements of the gunplay or they were saying, well, there's been 10 zombie games in the last four months. And I think this zombie game does this little aspect better. Um, Dead Island does a lot of things good, but it doesn't really excel at anything. And I was like, your average gamer hasn't played all 10 of those zombie games. Like you and I play a ton of games. The only zombie game lately we've played is resident evil four. So I feel like the, the, the best question here is just, was the game fun? Did you enjoy playing it? This is the thing for me because the reviews started coming out before we, you know, the, the early reviews. And again, like you hit the nail on the head. Everybody's like, it doesn't reinvent the genre. It just takes pieces from all these other zombie games and doesn't do any of them better and stuff like that. Dude, 
I'm going to say it right now. This game, I had a ton of fun playing this game. There is a reason that I beat this game in two days because I didn't, I couldn't put it down. It was just <laughs> stupid fun. And so, but at the same time, I'm, and I'm going to read a couple reviews from the community for people that found that to be the opposite, to be honest. And so it's, it's one of those things where it's like everybody's entitled to their opinion and that's fine. But for me, I had a blast, like a blast playing this game, dude. And so when you talk about, yeah, but is it fun? For me, it was extremely fun. I thought so too. I mean, am I in, in 10 years, am I going to still be thinking about Dead Island 2? No. Like, it's not that kind of game to stick with you, but you play it as long as it lasts and it's immensely fun. This is like going to the movies for Fast and the Furious or Top Gun yeah. or Mad Max Fury Road. Like, it's in that vein where it's just a lot of action. It's a lot of fun. Is it the best written game of all time? No. But man, is it worth the money? For just, you know, those 20 hours that you get out of the gameplay. It's, I thought it was a, a, a ton of excitement, a lot of fun. I was worried it would become mindless. I thought so I too. Don't, I don't think it ever really did. I, I will say, man, be, having not played the first one, I, I went into this game a little skeptical, especially because of the reviews, right? Like, oh, this is going to get really repetitive, man. I'm just going to wind up just getting sick of like killing all these zombies. Not once, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not once did I ever get tired of watching zombies melt from acid or getting electrocuted or fighting the big bruiser zombie or taking pot shots with a rifle or something like that. Like, I don't know how they did it, but I, I never got bored of, of that gameplay loop. Yeah, I had the exact same experience. I think if you just equip one weapon and run around with it and only switch it when you have yeah, to, sure. maybe it would feel mindless. This is a little bit of where... The game is as fun as you make it. And if yep. you're swapping things and just having fun slaughtering zombies in different ways, it stays fresh. Yeah, I, I think you're that's exactly right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a short break and we'll be right back to finish the show out with our regular segments. Okay, Josh, time for everyone's favorite segment. Let's do some hot takes. Ready or not, that's hot. Yes. Oh boy. All right. For me on this one, this is, I'm going to, this is, I'm trying to get spicy. I'm going to keep it this way. This game has a card system and I like card systems. And the card system is basically a skill tree and you get survival skills, like combat skills, some other, we won't spoil what some of the later skills are. Cause that is a little bit spoilery and stuff like that. My hot take is tech trees or card based systems for skills and stuff like that. Even if they suck to me, it still adds something to the game. <laughs> I don't know if it's just like I took the bait because this card system really doesn't affect the combat in the game that, that much. The weapons do the, the elemental effects do all of that stuff is fine. I found the card system in this game to be honestly completely pointless I, it, I felt like it did not change the gameplay all that much at all in my opinion and yet with that being said i'm still a sucker because every time i got a new card i was like "Ooh, yeah some news <laughs> happening and so it's like I, I, I will say straight up that i think the card system in this game sucks and yet just for the simple fact that it had it i was still happy that's very funny because i would often ignore the cards and I'd be like, okay, I've played about two hours. Maybe I should check these out because the game would constantly say, you have an open slot for Slayer. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. And then eventually I was like, all right, there's a break in action. Maybe I should check my card deck. And then all the cards are like shrouded. And then when you mouse yeah. over, it shows you. So that way, you know, which ones are new. I would have like five or six cards sometimes and I'd mouse over them. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care about all of these, but I guess that one might be okay. So I'll equip it. So the cards, they don't, like you said, they don't change very much, but it's still fun to read through them and just make little modifications. They're not, they're not going to make or break your build, but it's still neat to read through. I, I feel like I was hoodwinked because it's like, this doesn't matter. None of these, none of these cards are really affecting anything in the game, but I still was like, it's got a tech tree, Paul. I love yeah. it. I love tech trees, man. <laughs> if you block multiple zombie hits, you get a stackable increase to toughness. It's like, yeah, I'm great. I don't care. Six hits in a row without <laughs> taking one, man. Yeah. yeah. Just let me swing the bat. That's all yeah. I need. <laughs> all right. My hot take for this is 
All right, now don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying this game is better than Resident Evil 4, but I will say this was the most fun that I've had killing zombies since Dead Rising 2. Like, Dead Rising just had that stupid fun of I'm going to connect a car battery to a wheelchair, and now I have a mobile electric chair, and I can push it into a zombie, and they get electrocuted in it. Or, like, the drill bucket. Like, that game had such ridiculous crafting that, you know me, that's, like, my play style 100%. Um, This is the most fun that I've had killing zombies since then. And that game's, I don't know, like, 16 years old or something. This, to me, I was shocked. I... I was the one who pushed for Dead Island 2 as a deep dive, and even I assumed this game would not be very good. And I was worried with it coming out in the middle of all these big-name AAA titles, especially this summer, and I feel like it just kind of held its own. It was just a lot of fun. Dude, I my hot take could easily be this is the most fun I've had in a video game in a while. Like, legitimately. At least like, since Hogwarts it, it, Legacy. You know, like, I, I mean, yeah, it's not the same type of game, you know yeah. what I mean? But I just had a blast, man. <laughs> like, and I'm trying to think of another game where I'm just sitting there giggling, like, smiling, having fun, you know, just mindless. It, I don't have to concentrate, necessarily. I can if I want to, if I want to practice builds or whatever and all that stuff. But it was like, it, it was just a really entertaining, mindless fun for me. Yeah, and, and I, I hope that's what a lot of people experience when they play it. All right, so that's just a few of our thoughts. Josh, you got some community reviews? I do. I had to go to Metacritic for this because this game is Epic exclusive, um, and Epic doesn't really do user reviews. They give a score, but it's just terrible to try to find like actual like written reviews and stuff on this. So I went to Metacritic. And I just I pulled the the gamut. I have four reviews um, from from terrible to great. So the first one, let's start off in the middle at a six. Uh, and this person says this game is average in just about every way. Just like the first game, there really is no progression system. Everything scales to your level, including the items that you pick up. Items have no uniqueness and are replaced quickly. Side quests are only really worth doing for the curveball unlocks and maybe for a cheap laugh. Something to do while we wait for some other big games to release, but probably. Probably not worth the $60 price tag. The gore mechanics are solid. Just about everything else is subpar by today's standards. I mean, now, I hear what they're saying. And, and if, if you want to poke a game for having where everything scales to your level, I completely understand that criticism. But if the alternative is forcing me to grind to get to the right. next area, I want no part of it. Right. Yep. Yep, I agree completely. This is the, the reason I picked this one is that, again, this, this, this is a person that found everything to just be mediocre about this game. And so because nothing stood out to them, they kind of went, eh. And that is one of the overarching like sentiments is it's just like, well, it becomes mindless. It becomes repetitive. And it's kind of like, yeah, but I don't know that you're playing it the right way either. Are you just using game. the same pistol for the whole right, game? Yeah. Right. You know, um, okay. So this next one is an eight. Uh, and it says, it's worth mentioning that somehow, after a radically challenging development cycle, that the game came out as polished as it did. It runs exceptionally well on PC, too. Was the wait worth it? Sure, if you actually like the first one. This game doesn't do anything <laughs> perfectly or reinvent the wheel, but it was a blast to play. Isn't that why we play games? Wow, that's kind of like exactly the point I was trying to make about critics dogging yes. on this game a little bit. Like, that's what it boils down to. It's a fun game. But here's literally the, the, the six was a guy that said that it doesn't do anything new. The eight is a guy that says doesn't do anything new, but it's yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> we all agree on that. <laughs> all right. This next one is a two. The game is really bad. They mix horror and beat em ups. Uh, all making it bad in both genres. The looting system is really poor. Every weapon is the same, and rarity is basically just the weapon level making it useless. The story is okay, the graphics are okay, but it's not worth the price. Nine different zombies, every boss is just a normal monster afterwards, making it just as repetitive. You die from flames and electricities more than zombies. And the key holders, well, since the looting system is bad, you just don't want to go and find them and farm them. And since that is about three quarters of the game time, the game is only 15 hours hours in the end someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed that's a little bit of a cranky take if you ask me i i mean dude like i didn't go hunt down all the key holders no you know i was just having fun with the game i didn't want to get that sidetracked and go spend 30 minutes trying to find a key to open a chest kind of thing um yeah i don't this i don't get that one like it's there if you want it but you don't have to do it and it's not something you'd complain about yeah exactly yeah all right and then this last one this person gave it a 10 
And they say, yes, this game was worth waiting almost 10 years for. Graphics are beautiful. The gore is one of the best I've seen in a zombie game. The physical damage of each weapon is different. I've never seen a game with such perfect internal organs, surpassing even Mortal Kombat. (laughs) The city is very faithful to reality. The story's a little weak, but the real fun of the game is the exploration and to kill zombies in every possible way with thousands of weapons in the game and with their unique damage types. It's the best zombie game for me. Oh, wait. The best zombie game for me was Dying Light, but now it's Dead Island 2. This game is zombie killing and stress relief playground, so I give it a 1,000 out of 10. (laughs) That did remind me of one thing. I think if you have watched more zombie movies and you're more aware of the history of the genre, you will enjoy it more because there's a lot of meta humor. There's an entire character where his entire story arc is about how we have to strive to be like the characters in the movies. And it's who we strive to be. It's like, there's a a little bit of meta humor to all of it. And if you're missing that, I think the game's going to fall much more flat but I actually found those parts to be very funny and very interesting. And I think you're more likely to give that kind of positive review if you kind of understand what they were shooting for. Yeah. Yeah, this game is not taking itself seriously. This no, is not, not coming at, at you all. like, guys, the world is in danger and one person must save us all. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is more like Arnold Schwarzenegger commando. Like you're yes. going to get the one-liners and over-the-top action. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of attitude. So now that's what some of the reviews were. Again, we're going to have to switch to Metacritic on this, which uh, does oh use a zero to a hundred scale. Um, on so- yeah, it just gets goofy. But then it's like sometimes you dive in, and am I thinking Open Critic too, where it's like on a seven point five or something? Or I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Metacritic is a zero point zero to ten point zero, and they're ten point zero. There you go, and they're cranky on Metacritic. It's rare to have anything above an eight. So, okay. And then just for clarification, because I am fair in this game, what I did, because Metacritic divides it into PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. And so what I did is I went to all three of them, added them up, and then then divided by three to give us the average of each platform. So on a scale of zero to 10 with decimals, what's your guess on where this game fell? Oh, man. The game's only been out a few days. So I feel like you're going to get more complainers than people who love it. I'm going to say 6.5. 6.5. And well, it deserves I higher. Suck, I suck at Metacritic scoring. Um, and I thought this game is fun. I had a lot of fun playing this game. But I also get that a lot of people are probably going to be like, oh, it's repetitive. Um, so I guessed 7.4 was my guess. Um, and then when I averaged it all out, the average comes out to 7.3, Paul. Wow. Yeah. It was, I'm what's impressed. Funny is, what's funny is on consoles, it got like an 8.0 on PS5 and Xbox. PC really? is what brought it down. Yeah. PC. I mean, we're PC gamers. Apparently, we're a hard bunch to please sometimes because we're not uppity this, like all the I'm, PC master race people. I, I don't know. Maybe not. So, yeah, seven point. I almost nailed it, man. I was yeah. so proud. That's good. I'm I'm really surprised. I, I was a little worried you're going to say like a 5.1 or something like that. But that, I think that's a fair rating. I think on Metacritic, a 7.3 is perfectly fair. I think so, too. Yeah, I, I, that seems to be right on the money for me. All so. right, Josh, a winner is you. Oh boy, I haven't done this in a while and I was not prepared for this at all. So, uh, oh boy, here we go, Paul. Play that music. Hey, Danny, you want to go to the Blue Crab Diner and uh, have some dinner with me and the boys? I don't that, that was bad. I'm not kidding. I've, I've been married, married too long, man. I don't know how to pick up lines anymore. That line was so vanilla, Michael's eating it up right now. Oh, yeah, he'd appreciate that one. Um, okay, so this is where we're actually going to rate the game the way that we do. We rate games based on a make love, marry, murder scale. Murder is don't play this game. It's not worth your money. It's not worth your time. I didn't enjoy it. Make love means this is a fun game. We recommend it. Uh, it's not for everybody and you're not going to be thinking about this game two years from now, but it's worth your time. And then Mary is, this is a must play game. It, it, you got to play it. It's, it just stands out for, for so many different reasons, or it's such an incredible value for the money that you owe it to yourself to check these out. 
This one for me is a very, very easy make love. I had such a good time playing this game. I blew through it because I didn't want to put it down. I was having so much fun that I just wanted to keep playing. The guy that said this was like stress relief for him, I felt like was right on the money because we cover so many games and we have to sometimes remember the plot. We have to remember the characters and we got to remember, you know, all these little aspects and all that stuff. This game, dude, I got to just slay zombies any way I wanted to in the most gory, horrific, like awesome fashion. I never found it to get stale. I never found it to get repetitive. I thought the level design was really cool. The characters were memorable. It was well voice acted. It was gorgeous in play. It wasn't buggy. I mean, it just hit on so many cylinders for me. It is a short game. I mean, I blew through this game in two days. Now, one of those days was a marathon session, but I had 15 hours in this game to beat it. And I actually did do some of the side quests as well. So I didn't just beeline the main campaign. It, you know, if it was a little bit longer, I would say this is a merry easy, but just based on the shortness of the game and the fact that I do think some people will find it repetitive and that's not a knock against them. I like that, you know, I, I get that take, but man, was this just fun for me? Yeah. (laughs) Easy make love for me, man. You basically took all the words out of my mouth. I mean, I'm going to give it a make love as well. That's not to say that it's not immense fun. The fun level operates at a nine or a 10 out of 10 pretty much the whole time. In in a weird way, it's almost a little like Broforce in that sense, where we talked about it being a lot of fun and very pulpy and over-the-top action, but it's just such a short game how do you possibly give it a Mary rating? Right. And since this one is relatively short, I don't think it's like you have to get your hands on it right away. If you're a frugal gamer, just wait till it's on sale. There's zero reason to rush out and pay full price for it. Um, this summer is chock full of games. Like if you haven't played Hogwarts legacy or meet your maker, or if you just want to wait around for Redfall or tears of the kingdom, like all these games are coming out within a couple weeks of each other. I don't think you have to rush out and buy it. If you are really jonesing for something before Zelda and you have the money, sure, go pick it up. Um, but this, this, this game is not nearly as good as resident evil four, where I would say go buy resident evil four now, this game is just a little bit different. It's immensely fun, but I don't put it in that like all-time top must game play. status. It, right, yeah. yeah. It's not a must-play, but if you really want something fun and different and mindless and like that to me is where this fits the bill perfectly. Like legitimately, I mean Tears of the Kingdom comes out when this airs, I, I mean, two weeks, right? Uh, or less. less than two weeks. Yeah. You can beat this game in less than two weeks. And if you want that palate cleanser of like, man, I just want something fun to play before I get into this epic RPG that Tears of the Kingdom is going to be, this is a perfect <laughs> game in that regard. Yeah, totally agree. All right. Well, Josh, we have just one last segment. Let's go to our leaderboard and see where this game stacks up. All right, so we have an overall leaderboard where every time we finish a deep dive, we have to agree as a consensus, where are we going to rank this game against every other game that we have deep dived? We now have a total of 94 games. This is going to make number 95. And coming in near the top, we've got some stuff like God of War 2018, Rust, Valheim, Satisfactory. Toward the middle of the crowd, we got some stuff like Dungeon Defenders, uh, Near Automata, Evil West, Broforce. A little bit lower than that, we have the likes of Deathloop, Wasteland 3, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, First Spoken, um, things of that nature. So with both of us having a ton of fun, but also recognizing the value of the game, uh, when I look at like our top 23, 24 games, I don't think I'm seeing it that high personally. I'm not you? either. I, I actually looked at that area, but we're we're in the likes of like Terraria, Outer Wilds, uh, Risk of Rain 2, No Man's Sky. I, I do feel like it's a little bit lower than that. I agree. Um, I dropped down to Dungeon Defenders because that was a game where I was like, man, that was just another game where it was just fun. Like, there's nothing crazy about it, but I had a really good time playing that. But then the problem is, is like we get into like there's games like Near Automata and Resident Evil Village and Deep Rock Galactic. And I'm like, ooh, those games were all pretty darn good, too. 
I, I so also agree. A, yeah. So then it's like, <laughs> so then I, but you mentioned Broforce, right? And Broforce in a way is similar in the fact that it's just over the top. It's a lot of fun. It's not trying to reinvent anything. It's not trying to do anything Oscar worthy, you know, or, or change up a genre. And that to me is where it was like, I could see putting it like right at like 40, you know, or, or in that range, I, part of me wants to put a higher, but there's just, there's too many good games higher than that. I think, although I probably could be persuaded to. Yeah. When I look at the list, I feel like the closest comp for me is evil West. And I know you didn't like it as much as I did, but it's just a short game with really inventive combat. I would put this over evil West to be honest. I I had so much more fun with dead Island than evil West that that is not hard for me at all. I was going to say, I think we need to put it below Destiny 2, Near Automata, Resident Evil Village, and Deep Rock Galactic, but I would put it above Evil West, Pillars of Eternity 2. Ugh, sorry, shots fired. I know people really love that game. It's 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 just it's a lot to You're take either in. going to love Pillars of Eternity because you're in the mood for that insanely epic RPG or or not. <laughs> yeah. For me, <laughs> you know it's just I mean? a so, little too much to to yeah. handle. Yeah. So for me personally, that's that's where I would have it. I'd Let's have do it. it. Between Deep Rock Galactic and Evil West. Oh, fine. I think that's a great landing spot, to be honest. I'd have a hard time putting it up, uh, like, like I said, near Hollow Knight or, or above Destiny 2 or, you know, games like that. But I'd play this 10 out of 10 times over Evil West. Okay. So we'll lock that one in. Number 37. I think that's a very fair rating. Co-op too. I don't even think we, you and I did play co-op a little bit until I left you in the dust because I had an entire day to do nothing but play Dead Island too. Um, but yeah, I mean, the co-op's a blast too, and it worked flawlessly for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps up our deep dive on Dead Island 2. Please remember to go check out MultiplayerSquad.com to sign up on Patreon and also come hit us up on socials everywhere at MultiplayerPod. We do release episodes every Monday, Thursday, Saturday. Make sure to hit the follow button so you don't forget to check out our next episode. And the next deep dive is going to be Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which I think is going to be in three weeks because we'll have two bonus rounds before then but with the breakneck pace we have been playing games who knows take all that with a grain of salt whenever we finish jedi survivor we'll have that deep dive ready um also a little birdie told me that we uh may or may not have a guest host for that one uh we we, that birdie told me we are having a guest (laughs) host Yeah. So we'll have to see. Might be a first time guest. So stick around for that one. So thank you to all of our listeners. Thanks for sticking around for the whole episode. And until next time, happy gaming. All right. See you, everybody.